Culture is king. End of story. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. You're in for a real treat today. One, because I'm starting to come down with something and it's really killing my throat. So if I cough or like have to stop in between, I my apologies. But also I'm going to get my nerd on. I My background is history and I spent lots of years and lots of money getting a master's degree in language and history and sociology. And as much as I think that was a waste of time, I learned a lot of valuable lessons. And I think those lessons can really apply to business and sales in our own lives and our own productivity. And like they can actually bring us money. That, that's the cool thing. I'm not just sharing these things because I think it's they're intellectually, intellectually intriguing, but because they actually have helped me develop stronger organizations and bring in money to my own pocket. So bear, bear with the the cerebral or the intellectual or academic part of this because it, there is value there. Now, I want you to think of culture. Now, sometimes people think of like American culture or pop culture or another com- another country's culture. But if you just take a step back and look at culture, culture is just the rules and traditions that we define ourselves with other people, right? Like if you look at Chinese culture, for example, there's different or let, let's say Korean or well, Asian culture in general, like one of the cultural rules there is not having your shoes on inside the house. That's a really simple cultural rule. You know, in America, we keep our elbows off the table. That's more of an etiquette. I don't know if it's tradition, but uh, you, you get what I'm saying. Now, really interesting piece about America. America was a little different than most countries in terms of its formation. Most countries formed slowly over time. So you had these groups of people that would either move in or move out. And it was usually small tribes or small like families at a time. It wasn't like there wasn't a ton of mass migration. And so culture developed over a long period of time, right? And you just accepted accepted or developed or changed what you knew, which wasn't wasn't a ton. But then with America, you specifically have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people moving into a land area where they're they're coming from different cultures and backgrounds. And so people, as they get here, they have to redefine their cultural standards because they still want to fit in. They still want to get, they still, people still want to move ahead. They still want to fit within that culture. And America specifically said, Hey, we all come from these different walks of life. And I'm not saying other countries haven't done this by the way, but America specifically is what I'm using. That's where I live. And that's where most of you probably are listening to this. They said, we're going to set these rules by which we work by. And it's called this thing called the Declaration of Independence. It's kind of the principles of it. But we're going to do this thing called the Constitution. Yes, it's the legal backing, but it's also it's just a piece of paper. Like you have to accept this as a binding document as, as a whole. And people accepting is, is what makes it like enforceable, right? And so people came in and said, hey, we're going to, we're going to define ourselves by these cultural rules. 
And that's, you know, freedom of speech, all men are created equal, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And they established rules around that. And so even though, yes, there are a lot of culture, there's a lot of cultural differences within America. There's a lot of unity too around the, those concepts of life and liberty and freedom and, and, you know, bill of rights and other things. And I think that's really interesting because it, it proves that culture isn't something that just happens. It's something that can be engineered. And I think that's really important for most organizations. Cause I think, actually, I know, I don't think, I know that most organizations let culture happen. And not that that's a bad thing. It's not a very effective thing towards your goal. And there are organizations out there that are very specific in their organizational structuring. They curate their organization, their culture, they curate their culture so that they, everybody is hyper-focused on one goal. And I think like for me, the biggest one's the Marines, right? They have like, they're so hyper-focused on their goals, their ideals, and their culture is very, very tight. Now, whether you agree with that culture or not, like that's up to you. But at the end of the day, the, the Marine Corps is very, very loyal to their, their symbols, their traditions, their rules, each other. And, th- and they're very, very like, sometimes people are like, man, Marines are so gung-ho about being Marines. It's like, yeah, because they've done a very, very good job of culture. It's not like, it's not like when you're, you're America or whoever, you know, like we had this genetic pool that said, Hey, we're going to insert these genes into you. And this is going to make you a Marine. No, no, no. That's not how it works. It's like, there's all these different people from all these different walks of life. And they came in and created a culture that's very unified and very effective in accomplishing its goals. And the reason I'm talking about this is, is within your own teams, within your own organizations, a lot of us feel like we're at the mercy of culture, right? So for example, you might not put it as that. You might put it as, man, my sales team is just not motivated. Like I can't tell you how many times I hear that. And my response is, is, well, you don't have a culture of motivation. Oh, and then it's like, well, I'm always motivated. It's like, no, but you don't have a culture of motivation. Well, what do you mean? It's like, well, you're not looking for motivated people. You're just looking for new hires and you don't like, you're not creating a, a culture that like inspires other people to be motivated. Like, oh, well, I, I get at work every day. Like, well, how, how often do you tell the people that you're working every day? Well, I just expect them to go out and work. Exactly. Like, it's so funny. Like when an organization just has these, these expectations, they may say once in a meeting and expect that that's how people are going to like follow it. Think about the Marines, like Semper Fidelis and like all their, their models and codes, they're repeated over and over and over again, like multiple times a day. And that's all the only way people learn as much as like schools are going away from repetition and go to more like search-based or like inquiry-based education, there's still value in repetition. And if we want cultural values to be inculcated or like, that's a big word, to be really believed. And like, if we take that, take it to heart, our, our members of that organization take it to heart, it's got to repeat, be repeated every, every day. All right. So here's an experiment I want you to try with you. I'm going to tell you one thing I did and how it helped. And I want you to figure out a value for your organization and focus on it. Okay. So for me in, in my, one of my sales organizations, I knew that communication was one of the most important values and cultures we needed to develop. Because if, if like, if you're for a sales an in-home sales organization, well, okay. For a normal office, communication happens naturally because you're literally in the office with each other. And if you have a question about some problem, you just walk over to Bob's office 
and Bob gives you an answer, or his desk or whatever, and he gives you an answer, right? But for in-home sales, we're all scattered abroad to and fro to the four corners of the world. And what that means is communication does not happen naturally because Sue, if she has a question, is not going to drive 30 miles to ask Jim the question. She's going to have to get on a call and Jim's not going to answer his phone. And so she's going to call back. And there's like a, there's a delay time in communication most of the time. And so if you don't push communication, communication doesn't happen. If communication is not happening, then jobs aren't getting moving forward. People aren't progressing and all that stuff, right? That means communication had to happen. So what I did is I made a rule that people have to communicate at least three to four times a day on our, our group channel, our, our, our group chat channel. And at first people were like, this is so frustrating. I can't believe I'm forced to communicate. But what happened over time is that the communication standards lifted, like the standard, yeah, the standard got higher People were willing to communicate and problems got solved quicker. People helped each other, one another. And guess what? We started having more sales just because I focus on communication. All right. So there's something within your business, within your organization, and maybe you don't manage anybody. Maybe it's your family. There's something, a problem you're having. It's because you're not focusing on the cultural elements of it. So this is the challenge. Just go out there, figure out one thing that would move the needle in your organization, in in your family, in your nonprofit, in your group, whatever it is. Find one thing that'll move the needle and then figure out and then just emphasize that thing. That's it. Just emphasize that thing. You don't have to like put a huge ton of programs or energy towards it. Just emphasize it on a daily basis on your phone calls and your meeting notes and your emails. Just emphasize it and watch magically as you get more effective at that thing. And if it's one of those like foundation problems that affect everything else, like communication, if there's poor communication, everything else suffers then watch how to lift other parts of your business you didn't even expect, okay, or your organization. So try that, focus a little bit on culture and just understand this is like a very basic, this is 101. This is like, not even 101, this is like an intro to 101 for culture and your organization. But if you just focus on it and understand and believe, if you can believe you can shape culture, that's the very first step is that belief. If you can believe it, then you'll learn to see how you can shape culture and it can have drastically positive effects or negative effects if you defend. It can have drastically, uh, it can have a huge influence on the, the day-to-day operations of your organization. All right, hopefully you like, hopefully this is value. I know, actually, I, I don't hope. I know this brings value because I know people that apply these principles have super effective organizations. So if you have, if you have a boss or manager that like needs a little bit of lesson on culture, be like, hey, there's this podcast. You know, share it. Like, please, please share it. It, it gets the conversation started about culture and that's really important. Appreciate you listen, listening. I do thank you. And it does mean a lot to see the amount of people that are listening to this. So I, I do want to thank you for that as well and hope you have a great day.